How's everybody doing today? Hey, it's good to see you today. We want to welcome everyone, and once again, thank you for joining us. If you're joining us online, God bless you. Thanks for making your house God's house today. We just want to welcome everybody, but especially those of you who might be here for the very first time or joining us online for the first time. We're honored you're here with us today. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. There are a lot of great churches in the valley, and uh, we believe this is one of them, so we're just really glad you've chosen to be here. If you have any questions today, out that first set of doors to your right, there's an info center. There's some really nice people there who'd love to meet you one-on-one and greet you personally and answer any questions you might have. So take advantage of that. We also have the Bridge Church website, thebridgechurch.tv. We have an app you can download on your electronic device. We want to get connected with you. And speaking of getting connected, if you're new to the bridge and you're beginning to think, okay, maybe this is my home church, this is where God wants me, we do something called Connecting Point. It happens the first Sunday of every month, which will be next Sunday morning during the second service. At Connecting Point, you hear about the history, the vision of the bridge. You find out how you can not just come see the bridge, but you can be the bridge, how you can get connected with church life here at the Bridge Church. So take advantage of that. We do ask that you would go online and register so we can be prepared for you. Child care will be available during that service. It's during second service next Sunday morning. So those of us who are regulars at the Bridge, can we give all of our guests a warm welcome this morning? We're really glad you're here. Now we've got something special planned this morning, special on so many levels. You know, Corey and Amber White are our next-gen pastors, and they're doing a great job, and we love them and appreciate them so much. And Corey even occasionally has something to say that's worthwhile hearing. (laughs) He's growing. He's really growing. And uh, I've asked Corey to come share God's Word on this Thanksgiving weekend, and I know he's got something to share today that will touch your heart and challenge you as well. So if you would, join me in welcoming Corey White this morning. Thank you, Pastor Gary, or as I like to call him, PG. Hey, uh, you excited to be in church this morning? Yeah, it's good to see you. Thanksgiving's over. Who ate way too much? Same, same. Hey, if you got a Bible, go to Luke chapter one. Like Pastor Gary said, anybody who does not know me, my name's Corey. I have the privilege and the honor alongside my wife, Amber, uh, to be the next-gen pastor here. So uh, we oversee young adults, high school, junior high, kids ministry. It's the joy of our life. It's, an, it's amazing. You're an amazing church. Really, you guys are like family to us. Excited to crack open God's word this morning. You know, um, as, as next-gen pastor, most of the time that I'm preaching, I'll be preaching to young people, young adults, high schoolers, junior hires, kids. And, and when I'm prepping for for a Sunday morning, often I'll crack open my Bible, I'll get in front of my laptop, and I'll think to myself, all right, time to get mature. (laughs) We're talking to grown-ups, we're talking to some adults, it's time to dig deep into that biblical theological bag, it's time to get real uh, sophisticated and intellectual, and you know, it's time to stretch my muscles of hermeneutics and homiletics, and you know, really uh, pontificate the intricacies of God's holy scriptures. (laughs) But this morning, um, I have a kind of simple message. It's simple. If you want intricate, if you want deep, if you want theology, if you want the, 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 the depths of hermeneutics and homiletics and biblical numerology and all that stuff, come back next week to hear Pastor Gary this morning. I have a simple message, but I think it's a challenging one. So is it okay if I just share what God's been putting on my heart? Just preach a message from what's been on my heart? No, okay, I'll just. All right, this morning I want to preach around a specific idea. And first, I want to ask a question. What if? Everybody say, what if? What if God wanted to use you? What if God wanted to use your life? This morning, over the next three and a half hours, I want to preach a message to you (laughs) in my dreams. (laughs) I want to preach a message to you entitled, Unavailable. Notice I didn't say unavailable, like the 45-foot sign behind my head says, Unavailable. Do you like who you're sitting next to? It's too late now. You're sitting next to them. What are you going to do? Look at your neighbor say, Are you available? Not like, not like that. I mean, unless they're your spouse, then maybe like, 
that. <laughs> um, as a next-gen pastor and preaching to young people, I often like to boil my whole message down into one sentence, one big idea. I call it a sermon in a sentence. If you walk away with nothing else, if you forget everything else that I say, remember this. Here's your sermon in a sentence. If you're taking notes, God loves you more. So do I. Write this down. God does not ask about our ability or inability, but about our availability. God doesn't ask us about our ability or inability, but about our availability. See, you don't have to be special. You just have to be available. You you don't have to be perfect. You just got to be available. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too somewhere in between. God wants to use your life. And the, the, the question isn't a matter of if God wants to use us. The question is if we will be available for God to use. So here's my, here's my goal for this morning. Here's my agenda. I have come with an agenda. My agenda is that by the time we leave this morning, that each and every one of us would go to the little button on our life that says, do not disturb, like your phone has. You know, that little button you have, do not disturb on your phone. Where's all the iPhone users at? God bless you. Where's all the Android users at? At the end of this message, there will be an altar call where you can give your life to the Lord and get saved and repent of your sins. There's this do not disturb, and I think that for so many of us, life gets us to this place where we sort of click the do not disturb button on life. And my goal and my agenda for this morning is that each and every one of us would unclick the do not disturb button and click this sort of proverbial metaphoric button called unavailable, especially as we move into this last season. You like our decorations? Like our decor? Who's got their Christmas lights up at home already? My wife made me put them up the day after Halloween. (laughs) It's like, are we just skipping right over Thanksgiving? It's like in this morning, like as we're moving into next Sunday, this is the last Sunday of November. Next week, we move into the last month of the year, the last month of 2022. And this message, I think, is so, is so uh, uh, applicable to the season we're about to move into because this is a season that is so rich. Can I tell you, it's so rich of opportunities for God to use us. All right, Luke chapter one, if you're there, say Amen. If you need more time, say hold up. You guys, you guys got your ear like, I know, it's gonna be on the Sky Bible behind his head. We got it. All right, Luke, Luke chapter one. This morning we're gonna be digging into the story of a young girl named Mary. And maybe, there's maybe no other person in history that displayed a better example of what it looks like to live a life available to God. All right, Luke chapter one. Um, is this okay? Can we stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Um, At youth, we always do this. We want to teach our young people, hey, you know, we want to honor God's word. People have died so that we can have God's word. And this is one of the ways that we, you know, teach our young people, hey, let's honor God's word. Also, you know, we tell our young men, hey, take your hats off when we pray, stuff like that, you know. Young people are like puppies. You got to train them through repetition, you know. Here's what it says, starting in verse number 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. Don't forget that part. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor. You have found, somebody say favor, You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Only the Bible and an angel can say that. You know, Elizabeth, she's old. Like, young men, just know you can't do this. The archangel Gabriel can, but you can't. He said, yeah, your old relative uh, Elizabeth is also pregnant. People used to say she was barren, but she conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. 
The last verse before we grab a seat and we move on. Mary responded. I love this. I love the Bible. This is so good. I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Another version says, for I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be unto me as you have said. And the angel left her. Before you sit down, let's pray. A very long and spiritual prayer. God, speak to us. Amen. Grab a seat. Um, All right, question. If somebody were to come to you and they said, all right, take your phone out and you call one person. You get to pick one person. You call them. And if this person answers on the very first call, you win $100 million. Who are you calling? Just think for a second. Who are you call somebody, and if they answer on the first call, you win $100 million. Who are you calling? I'll tell you who I'm not calling. My amazing, beautiful, phenomenal, talented, caring, kind, passionate, did I say beautiful? Wife Amber. I am not calling this woman. I'll tell you this. I, I don't know that my wife of 13 years would make top 13 on the list of people that I would call. I don't know if her phone is like any other husbands like relate to this man. Like I don't, you're smart. You're keeping your hand down. I'm the fool that's on stage calling his wife out right now. I'll be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> I don't know if my wife's phone is stuck on do not disturb mode or what. This morning, Three ways to get life off of do not disturb mode out of Luke chapter one. The first one is this. Write this down if you're taking notes. Faith over fear. Faith is greater than fear. What's your biggest fear? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the unknown. Maybe it's sharks. You're like, I don't do the ocean. I don't go in there. My wife, I, I called her out about not, not answering her phone when I call, but she was there for me. This one time in the face of her greatest fear. Um, in this story, the place and what I was wearing is actually very uh, uh, relevant. Uh, we were in our room and I was wearing a white t-shirt, a white pro club t-shirt. And we're in our room and, and I'm kind of like towards the, the back door of our room and, and Amber is sitting on one side of the bed and I kind of, um, I'm like watching a show and I roll over and I go to like, walk off the bed when I hear my wife's terrorized voice, fear-filled voice go, oh my gosh, Corey, there's a massive spider on your back. I'm wearing a white shirt. So like to see a massive spider on my back, it's plain, it's clear day. But like to my wife who, who has the worst case of arachnophobia, like massive spider could be like tiny. So I have no clue what I'm dealing with. This thing's on my back. And I'm like, okay, well, and I freeze, obviously. I'm like, okay, well, babe, you've got you to get the spider. Like, it's on my back. I can't see it. There's nothing I can do. I'm helpless. And she's like, <sighs> and when I'm looking over my shoulder, as God is my witness, I see my wife beginning to creep back away from me towards the bedroom door. And I can see in her eyes what she's thinking. Do I completely abandon my husband in his greatest time of need? Or am I... And I'm like, babe, don't leave me. Please help me. And she's like, okay. She kind of takes a deep breath and she's like, all right, all right. And she grabs a pillow. I don't know why she grabbed a pillow of all things. It's like, don't move. And she smacks the spider off of my back. It hits the floor. It doesn't die. And I look and it was a massive spider. It was a big dude. I step on it, kill it. I turn to my wife and said, this is why I married you. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife, Amber, come on now. I'd not be here preaching to you today. If not for, what's your biggest fear? I really do think that fear plays such a role in whether or not people will live a life available to God. And, and the angel Gabriel, after his first greetings, makes sure to tell Mary, do not, somebody say not, says do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. Why? Because Mary's, Mary's initial reaction was one of fear and confusion, but her final response was one of faith and obedience. And I love that about this story. See, faith isn't always an absence of fear. Sometimes it's doing what God says, even when you're scared. Mary 
a bit intimidated, ends up saying, yeah, like, I'll step into this. I'll do this. And I, I love this. I, I love the Bible. I'm kind of a Bible nerd. I, I love digging into the Bible. I love digging in, studying it, um, digging into numerology and the history of the Bible and digging into original language. And in the original language, this, uh, this word for fear, confusion, another version says greatly troubled, it's this word, diaterasso. Diet, I know you want to try to say it. Everybody say diaterasso. Diaterasso. Yeah, you're, now you're fluent in Greek. And this, this word, it's so interesting because it's, it's a fear that is described as a sort of going back and forth with inner thoughts and emotions. Going back and forth with inner thoughts and emotions. And I just thought to myself, can anybody else relate? Like God calls you to something. You're standing in line and God's like, hey, pay for the coffee of the person behind you. And you start going back and forth with inner thoughts and emotions. Oh God, what if they think I'm weird? What will they say? God says, well, invite them to church and you immediately think, but what if they don't come? And you begin to go back and forth with this sort of inner thought and emotion type fear. And I think what this causes us to do often is to begin to overanalyze how God might use us to the point that we suffer from what I like to call the paralysis of analysis. We've overthought it so much and, and, and we've allowed this going back and forth in our hearts and minds to be the thing that goes, huh, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I don't know if God's gonna show up. I don't know if they'll think I'm weird. I don't know if God's gonna come through. And so you know what? I'm just gonna kind of take a step back and not do anything at all. I cannot tell you like, that is not the life, that is the perfect example of what it looks like to live on do not disturb mode. And I think, I think too that so many might hesitate also because a lot of young people, uh, they'll come and they'll talk to me about this. They'll say, well, but Pastor Corey, what if I, what if I get it wrong? Like what if, what if I think God told me to do something but then God didn't tell me to actually do that thing? I'm like, okay, well, let's kind of play this out. So you feel like God might have told you to buy that homeless guy lunch and then you go and buy that homeless guy lunch and then if God didn't tell you to buy that homeless guy's lunch, you still bought a homeless guy lunch. Well, I think that maybe God called me to invite my friend to church and then you go and you invite that friend to church and then that friend comes to church and then you may later like, well, I don't know if God actually called me to invite that friend to church, but that friend still came to church. I think of it like this, step up and step out. What's the worst that can happen? Now, now, like, I think often we're like, well, what? Mary, Mary wasn't just afraid. She was confused. And we'll talk about that in a minute. She had some questions. I think of Peter when he's walking on water and he looks out and he goes, Jesus, if it's you, I don't even know if this is you 100%. Kind of looks like you. There's a shadowy figure and silhouette that kind of resembles Jesus. So if it's you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus doesn't go, hey, yes, it's me. Let me share with you a secret. I'll share with you what you were wearing 23 days ago just so you know that it's me. And then, no, he, Jesus just says, come. What if we, instead of overanalyzing everything, the moment we think to ourselves, maybe this is God, we just stepped out in faith. We didn't overanalyze it. We didn't think, what if I get it wrong? One time I was doing Bible trivia with some teenagers, which actually I don't do often. We were playing basketball. These two kids were playing one-on-one. -on -one. They, they ended up tying, and they were like, we're too tired to play another game. Let's have the tiebreaker with something else. And half joking, I was like, Bible trivia? And they got so hyped. I was like, such a proud youth pastor moment. I was like, you're excited about Bible trivia, okay. So I started giving them all the regulars, you know, like how many books are in the Bible? And they're like, 66. I was like, yeah. So we're playing like, like two, two students on either side of a table and they have to smack the table like it's a buzzer and then you get to answer it, right? And so we're on the final question, final question and, and it's tied and this is the game winner, winner takes all. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like run out of Bible trivia questions and I randomly think of one, I'm go, I go, who, who's the guy that Jesus raised rose from the dead? Who's that guy? Boom, one of them hits the table. He goes, oh, ludicrous. <laughs> I said, what? And he's like, ludicrous. I was like, talking about the 1990s rapper that was in Fast and Furious? <laughs> Is he born again? I don't... You mean Lazarus? He's like, yeah, Lazarus, that's what I meant. And I was like, I don't know that I can give you the point for that, man. <laughs> 
But what I loved about this young man, he wasn't afraid of getting it wrong. He just said, I'm gonna step out. I'm gonna shout this out. In confidence, I'm gonna go for it. What if we just did that? Like, I think maybe, God, just maybe this might be you. So in confidence and faith, I'm gonna step out and see what you might do. Can I challenge you with this? Step out. What's the worst that can happen? Last thought here under this first point. I think so many fear what it might cost them, and I'm not just talking about monetary cost, what it might cost them to live a life available to God. Can you imagine what it must have cost Mary? It would have cost her her family and her community, because in this day and age, to become pregnant out of wedlock, you would have been completely cast out of society and your family. It would have cost her her good name. It would have cost her her reputation. It would have cost probably her friends. Can you imagine Mary showing up to school on Monday? Because she was probably a teenager in those definitely public schools in first century Palestine. (laughs) And all the girls are gathering around their table and doing what girls do. And they're, hey, what did you do this weekend? It's like, oh, me, you know, I just went and riding riding the donkeys with the family. It was a great time. And what did you do this weekend? Oh, you know, I went sandal shopping. I don't know. I don't know what shoes they wore. They're like, oh, what about you, Mary? What'd you do? She's like, me? No, nothing. Like, oh, what were you up to this weekend? Just, you know, chilling at the house. Really? You didn't do nothing? I, you know, got pregnant. What? <laughs> no, it's, it's not like, you, did you say you got pregnant? It's not like that. See, it's God's baby. What? What are you talking about? And immediately I could just see all of Mary's friends fanning out. This wasn't a day and age where you could become pregnant outside of wedlock. She would have lost so much, including her fiance, Joseph. What do we do when serving God and being used by him and living available to him might cost us? Don't let that fear keep you from being used by God and keep you on do not disturb mode. I think that's exactly what the enemy would want. And what does 2 Timothy 1.7 say? It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Amen? Faith over fear. Moving on. Point number two. Write this down. Don't let questions become barriers. Don't let questions become barriers. We live in such a like immediate answer generation. We got Google. We got Wikipedia. We got Siri. We got all this. Man, we don't even have to pick up our phones anymore. We just walk around our house like fools going, hey, Google. Hey, Siri. Alexa. What's the capital of Maine? Like, like we live in such an immediate answer type of generation that I think we really do struggle with questions. And in our relationship with God, I think when we might have some questions about how God might do something, when God might come through, often those questions can become the barriers that hold us back from being used by God. And it keeps us on this sort of do not disturb mode type of lifestyle. Did you know that you don't have to have all the answers to answer God? And Mary certainly didn't have all the answers. I've heard it said that uh, faith is when you can trust God. Faithfulness is when God can trust you. What if we just don't have to have all the answers? I love love Mary. Mary goes, how is this possible? And then she has a follow-up statement. Since I am a virgin. Mary was a really smart girl who paid attention in sixth grade health class. She knew. How is this possible? This doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. I don't get it. And as, as I was studying for this message and preparing, I started thinking to myself, what are my follow-up statements? What are our follow-up statements? When God comes and he calls us, he calls us out to do something, to be obedient, to step out in faith, whatever it might be. What are our follow-up statements where we say, how is this possible since I am fill in the blank? God, how is this possible since I am so old, I'm so young, I'm immature, I just got sick. God, how is this possible? I'm sinful. I mess up. I'm not perfect. God, how is this possible? I'm broken. How is this possible? I'm broke. How is this possible, God? It doesn't make sense. I come from such a messed up family. Me? I... I thought that I couldn't be a pastor. When God called me into the ministry, I I went, oh, like I can't do ministry. My dad wasn't a pastor. I came from this messed up family. I grew up low income. And then to top it all off, God, you want me to preach? I grew up with a speech impediment. God, you're hilarious. But God doesn't ask about our ability 
our inability, he asks about our availability. Look at your neighbor, say, are you available? And then talking about not letting questions become barriers, you know who I thought must have had a ton of questions in this story? I love this part of the story. Joseph must have had so many questions. Joseph, the fiance, must have been like, huh? But I I love this because Joseph, being the one who was dishonored, or so he thought, chose to act honorably. Check this out. Matthew chapter one, verse 19. Joseph, whom she, Mary, was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. Can I tell you that was uncommon in this day? When somebody lived in sin like this, plus you're the one that was hurt, you're the one that was cheated on, so he thought, it would be natural, normal, for him to go and shout it from the rooftops and to tell everybody so she could get what she deserved. But he didn't do that. Instead, it says, because he was a righteous man, he he decided to break the engagement quietly. He decided to not publicly disgrace her. Check this out. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. There's that again. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph chose honor in a very questionable situation. And then he was blessed to be the earthly father of the Messiah. And you know what I was thinking? The angel appeared to Joseph in a dream after he had chosen to act honorably. But what if he chose to act dishonorably? What if he was like, oh, I'm gonna tell everybody about this. And Mary, she's gonna, like, I'm gonna out her. I'm gonna expose her and I'm gonna let everybody know this. You know what I, Joseph's like, you know what I need to do? I need to protect my good name. I need to let everybody know I'm a man of integrity. So I'm gonna set the record straight and I'm gonna let, but he didn't do that. But had he, I wonder if he still would have been blessed to be, what if? if he was blessed to be the earthly father of Jesus. I think sometimes being used by God, being light in such a dark world simply looks like choosing honor when surrounded by dishonor. I think it looks like, it looks like choosing honor under questionable situations, choosing honor even when you're the one who is dishonored. It says Mary was greatly troubled and confused, and I think that this is such an example of expectation versus reality. I can imagine that Mary must have thought, wait, I want to be used by God. Wait, what? Really? Pregnant? Can't I just like preach or sing or invite people to church or something? You want me to... Do you know what this will cost me? Do you know what my life will look like on the other side of this? I have to think that Mary having all of these questions, some of them came from the fact that what she expected serving God looked like and what serving God looked like and what she was called to do were totally opposite things. She's sitting there going, this is not what I had in mind. What do you do when serving God looks so much different than what you expected? What do we do when these questions rise up in our heart? Huh? God? If that's really you. You want me to what? When? With who? Do you know what that'll cost me? Do you know what people might think? Do you know how difficult and impossible that's going to be? God, this is not what I had in mind. What do we do when our expectations of serving God don't match the reality? I tell you, don't let, when God calls your name, don't let the questions that rise up in your heart be the barriers that hold you back. Amen? So I think God wants us to click that little button of do not disturb and say, God, I am available to you. My last point is the band heads up, helps me sound more spiritual. Write this down. Let it be. Actually, we're gonna respond in in worship um, today in just a moment. And Pastor Gary's gonna come and he's gonna sing uh, Beatles, Let It Be. He got so much great response to singing a few weeks ago in his message. We decided, you know, hey, let me preach today. You you do the singing. (laughs) Let it be. Everybody say that. Say, let it be. 
let it be. Write this down if you're taking notes. It's not the main point, but it's a, it's a big idea. Alignment over assignment. Mary said first and foremost, I am the Lord's servant. That's alignment. That's aligning her heart to God. Who am I? I'm the Lord's servant. And then she said, let it be as you've said. That's assignment. See, if we just stay aligned with God, the assignment, we get so obsessed with the assignment. What if we just stay obsessed with the alignment? God, I wanna be in step with you. I think the assignments will really take care of themselves. And the alignment of Mary's heart made her available to the assignment on her life. What if this was our heart? In the midst of being a little scared, kind of confused, not knowing the full story, having some questions about how it all will work out, what if we just said and constantly lived with this sort of let it be attitude? God, you wanna use me? Let it be. God, you have a plan and a purpose for my life? Let it be. God, you need me to sacrifice a little bit? Let it be. God, you want, you want to use me at work? Let it be. God, you want to use me at home with my family, with my wife and my marriage? Let it be. God, you want me to knock on my neighbor's door and invite them to Christmas Eve service? Let it be. God, you want me to pay for the person's coffee behind me? Let it be. God, you want to use me at the gym? Let it be. You want to use me on the golf course? Amen. Let it be. God, you want to use me in my spin class? Let it be. God, you want to use me anywhere, anytime, however you see fit. God, let it be. I was thinking, Pastor Gary, Pastor Ann, like as a pastor, like my imagination just runs wild of what it would look like for a church to live even for a month, even, even just, what if even just December, what our city would look like, what our church would look like, what our families would look like, young people, what our sports teams would look like, what our clubs would look like, what our neighborhoods would look like if we, like Mary, just live this life. God, let it be. I'm your servant. Let it be. I think this heart's one of the greatest ways to turn off that do not disturb mode. I think sometimes, I think sometimes Christians get so guilty of this. They sit there and they see a need. They see a problem. They see a place where God needs to show up and they sit there and they pray, God, send somebody. And God's like, you're somebody. <laughs> what if God's sending you? Mary was the most unlikely of characters, living in the most unlikely of places, in the most unlikely of times. And God used her. What if God wants to use you too? Here's the thing, don't let this become something that's so heavy and burdensome on you. Man, living, this, living like this is the greatest adventure. Living for God like this, it's so much fun. And God will do the heavy lifting. He does the miraculous. He makes our average ordinary extraordinary. We don't even have to, you know, people get so caught up in the feelings. Oh, you know, I really feel God. Like the moment Garrett came out and started playing keys, I noticed the Holy Spirit was here. <laughs> no, you don't even have to be feeling it because often, Often, extraordinary moments feel very ordinary in the moment. And as I close, um, I wanted to share a text that my wife sent me this last, this last Tuesday. She said, there's two smaller baked potatoes in the air fryer for you. You can, you can add them to your dinner. That's not the important part. She was heading to a Bridge Women Connect group that night and, and I was kind of on my own for dinner but she, she had a little side ready for me. But then she said this. God gave me the opportunity to buy dinner for a mom and her two children who are from Hemet and struggling. She came up to me at the gas station. I responded, that's so rad, with a bunch of exclamation points. Amber said, yes, she lost her son and is struggling to get him buried and they really needed dinner. I had more extra time than I realized and that was why. I said, wow, I'm so glad that you were in the right place at the right time so that we could bless them. What if we just lived a life available to God? We didn't overcomplicate it. We didn't let the questions get in the way. 
And we just said, God, here I am. Use me. And maybe that's you this morning. You say, I, I want to I live like that, Corey. There's something moving in my heart, but, but I don't even know God. I got invited by a friend today. I'm just watching online. I happen to stumble across the link, and, and, and I don't even know God. I'm not even in relationship with him. How could I be used by a God that I don't know? Well, we're going to give you the opportunity in just a moment to step into a relationship with him, to get to know him, so that you too can say, God, here I am. I'm available. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice and that if there's a single heart in this room who doesn't know you, that they'd be open to you this morning. With heads bowed, with eyes closed, maybe that's you. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe you're, you're like a prodigal who's on the run and you wanna come home and you say, Pastor Corey, that's me. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray in just a few moments and then prayer, it's, it's just talking to God and, and maybe you're in here and you'd say, Corey, I've never prayed before in my life. That's okay. I'm gonna give you the words and we're a family. We pray together. So every single person, that's you. Wrap your heart around these words, but we're all gonna pray this right out loud. Say these simple words right after me. Say this, say, God, I need you. I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So today, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this moment forward, I'm gonna follow you. Thank you for receiving me, and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? We really are gonna respond in worship in just a moment. Pastor Gary's not gonna sing the Beatles, but, but before we jump into a moment of worship, I, I had this thought. We began this morning asking, what if? Everybody say, what if? What if God wanted to use your life? But instead of being unavailable, you were unavailable. I was thinking reading Mary's story. What if Mary wasn't the first one that Gabriel went to? I know it's, it's not in the text, it's not quite there, it's just a thought that I had. What if Mary wasn't the first one that the angel Gabriel went to and what if she was just the first one that was available and said yes? This isn't a completely abstract thought because back in the Old Testament, there's this girl named Esther who needed to step up. And her, her relative, Mordecai, said, hey, if you don't step up, God will send someone else. Deliverance to the Jews will come from someone else. But what if it's you? One of my favorite things as next-gen pastor that I get to do on Sunday mornings is, is hang out in kids' ministry and teach kids. And, and often I'm not tied to, down to any one specific room. I'll kind of bounce around and and I'll get to go to different rooms and connect with different kids and help to make sure all the different rooms and our leaders have what they need. And, and I was walking up the back hallway one time, kind of doing my rounds, and, and I see this um, young girl in one of our side classrooms sort of kind of just hanging out the door. And, and she's looking up the hall all the way to the, to the foyer doors, trying to just get a peek of those foyer doors. And so I'm walking by and I'm like, hi, sweetie. Um, Let's move all the way back into the classroom. I said, what's your name? And she shared her name and I gave her my name. And, I was, and she's kind of just like the whole time, she's sort of just looking past me, like, get out of the way, buddy. And I'm like, oh, uh, are you looking for your mom and dad? And immediately she goes, oh, I don't have a dad. And I crumbled. I like all but died of heartbrokenness. And, and in that moment, I just got down on her level and I said, sweetie, that was my story too. For the longest time, I grew up without a dad. And I said, but God sent me an amazing stepdad. And did you know, did you know too that, that God, he can be your heavenly father and he's right there within you and he loves you so much. And I said, and your mom probably rocks, huh? And she goes, yeah, my mom's awesome. I was thinking, what if we, 
What if we stepped into eternity to find out that there was a God-given, God-ordained purpose on our life that somebody else had to fulfill? I don't want anybody else to have to fulfill the things that God called me to because for whatever reason, I was unavailable. I wanna pray one more prayer over us, one that just says, God, here I am. I'm available to you. Would you stand all over this place? God, here we are. God, we hit that do not disturb button. We turn it off. We say, God, here I am. I'm available. God, let my faith conquer my fears. Don't let my questions become barriers. God, I live a life that says, let it be. God, I'm here in my life, my heart, everything that I have, all that I am, it belongs to you. Right there, if you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands in the presence of God? I didn't plan to do this, but would you, would you write after me, would you just repeat these words? Say, God, here I am. I'm available. Come on, one more time. Say, say, God, here I am. I'm available. God, let us have a heart of Mary. Says, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be unto me as you have said. In Jesus' name. Amen.
created to be used by God. That's why we're here. He wants to use each and every one of us. Such a great message. You know, I just want to encourage you. Let's not let this be something that we just hear that sounds good while we're right here in this place. But let's let this really be the permanent setting on our lives, the way we live every day on available. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, before you find your seats, can we just give Pastor Corey a hand for that great message? So good. You can go ahead and be seated. We've got just a couple more things before we conclude our service today. But first of all, if you prayed that prayer with Pastor Corey this morning, committing your life to Christ, asking Jesus to become Lord of your life. That is the greatest decision you can make, but that is just the starting point. That's just the beginning. And so we just have a little gift that we'd love to give you that will help you take the next step, that will help you go forward in relationship with God and really understand what relationship with God is all about. And so if that was you, we want to make that gift available to you. We will have prayer teams standing down front here at the conclusion of our service. You can just come up to any of them and say, hey, I prayed that prayer. I'd love to receive that booklet today, and they'd be happy to give that to you. If you're in a rush, we have a next seven days counter out in the middle of the glass doors just before you exit the foyer, and you can stop by there as well and say, hey, I'd love to get that book today. It's just a simple tool that we would love to put into your hands before you go. So make sure you stop and get that if you prayed that prayer today. All right. And hey, just before we conclude our service, you know, we always just take a moment to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. The ministry here of the Bridge Church would not go forth without the faithful giving of each and every one of us who call the Bridge Church home. And we just want to thank you for your generosity. Through our collective giving, we are able to make a difference, not just here within these walls, but in our community, through our community care program, and across the globe through all of our different missions efforts. So thank you so much for your generosity and your faithfulness in giving. You'll see the different ways on the screens in which you can give. If you wish to give in person today, you can do that. There are envelopes on the chair backs and giving stations located on the sidewalls just before you exit the auditorium. All right. Thank you again so much for your faithfulness and generosity in giving. Well, it has been great being in church with you this morning. And just a reminder before we go, today is the last Sunday to sign children up to be part of our Christmas gift initiative. If you or someone you know are a family just facing some financial difficulty this year at the holidays and are unable to provide gifts for your children, we want to help. And you can sign up straight out this uh, exit to my right, your left, out this side hall. We'll have a table set up there. You can stop by and get them signed up. And we just want to partner with you parents to be able to provide gifts for your children this Christmas. All right. Hey, have an amazing week. We love you. We pray for you. We will see you next Sunday.